Are you busy? Anybody in this house or watching online, are you busy? Raise your hand if you say you're real busy. Yeah, rest of you are kidding yourself. I mean, is your life so crowded that you feel that you're running out of space? Now, you know, I've done some research this week. Pastor been doing some research. We all have the same amount of time each and every week. Did you know that? We all have seven days times 24 hours. That equals 168 math skills. i am got some mad math skills. We all have been afforded the same amount of time. Some of you here this morning are managing that time well, but the others of you that were honest say, you know what, man, I'm busy. And where has the time gone? Or how can I manage my time better? Some of us have packed so much into our lives that there's no room left for anything that might just unscheduled happen, an emergency, a crisis, some sort of a breakdown or, or an illness. Some of us are so scheduled out and our lives are so jam-packed with stuff that we don't even have time for, for the pursuit of God. I, I've got 70 minutes on Sunday and that's all I got. Some of us don't even have time for our family because we've just let our schedules get way out of control. Am I talking to anybody today? Okay, great. This is, Angie, this is for you and me because everybody else is zoned out. Look at your neighbor right now and say, are you with us? Let me ask you a question. Have you become too committed to your commitments? Are those commitments sucking the life out of you? Do, do you feel powerless today? Are you too busy? Today, I want to encourage us to do something. As we continue looking at this word snow cones. And by the way, Pastor Chotch, man, I'm longing for that Mangonado truck to pull up here on a Sunday morning and for me to get a big old gnarly nasty snow cone. You know, one of those kinds that has everything on it. Come on, doesn't that sound good right now? Pastor Chach, I'm just thinking that the Lord is speaking that. Today, I wanna help us with this idea of, 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 of our busy schedules and, and life maybe seeming out of, and today, I wanna encourage you to nix some things. I want to encourage you to cut, to nix, to get rid of, to, to delete, to nix some things in your life. I, I want to give you permission today to nix some things in your life. And here, here, here's why we're going there. And here's what I want us to understand today. Busyness separates us from Jesus. And we need Jesus in order to have a healthy home. You need Jesus in order to live a healthy and a satisfying, fulfilling life. Do you believe that? And if we're not careful, this thing called busyness can keep us from that. Are you with me today? You see, what we tend to think is that if we just accumulate more commitments, that that somehow brings, adds, adds value or brings worth to our lives. That if I could just sign up for everything that's out there, if I could commit to do this, and if I'm the, the mom or dad of the year, and I'm the, the big man or big woman on campus, or if I, listen, we're so overcommitted that some of us just have a hard time breathing. And what I'm afraid of is that we tend to accumulate commitments instead of making choices these days. 
We just accumulate stuff. We add so many new things without removing any old ones, right? Homework. I know we're not thinking a lot about homework right now, but homework competes with extracurricular commitments that so many of our kids have. Though in household responsibilities, there are youth meetings or church meetings or events to attend. There are, there are friends and colleagues and neighbors. The pastor told me to eat watermelon with somebody. And I just, what, what am I supposed to do, right? You, you business people. Sometimes a business person says yes until his or her resume looks impressive. But their contributions in each one of those areas that they've said yes to, they're really insignificant. Any overcommitted moms in the house? Any overcommitted women in the room today? Okay, just listen. Some of you just need a valet to manage all of those different hats you're wearing. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a carpool person. I'm, I, you were the original Uber driver in the area, right? Right, using it paid for it. Committee worker, you're a volunteer, you're an entertainer, you're a creator. And you, hey, what are we doing today, mom? It's summertime. Get on your bicycle and get outside and play like the rest of us used to do. Hey, you remember those slides we used to slide down that were made of metal? And then the summertime, they were like 147 degrees. That's what's wrong with kids. They're soft. Kids are soft today. They got strong thumbs, but their backsides are fresh. They need... What are we talking about? Man, those, you remember those merry-go-rounds? Where the object was to throw everybody off of that thing? Shoot. I don't know why I said all that stuff. That's free. By taking on more, just more than we can possibly do well. I, I think by taking on more then we can do well. I, I think we're living in direct violation to God's command. God's command, is, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. <laughs> now, for some of you say, hey, Jason, what's the commotion all about? I mean, it seems that everyone around me is rushing about. They're trying to work through their to-do list so that they can just add more items to their to-do list. But I see my neighbors doing it. I see cultures telling me to do it. What, what's the big deal? Why would we need to pause today? And why are you spending time talking about nixing some things? Guys, let me tell you something. We're not doing ourselves any favor by living life at supersonic speed. We're not. And today it seems to me that we are cramming more and more activity into our lives because not, not because necessarily we want to, but we're just trying to keep up with culture. And culture's encouraging us to run at the supersonic speed. And so we, we, we think we can, we think we can. And so we just, and so many of us are just, man, we're just plum tuckered out, aren't we? Let me remind you what scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. You may say that I'm allowed to do anything, but I reply, not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Hey, have there been some good things that you've committed to do in life or things that you're participating in that have kind of become out of control and now they've become your master? A committee or a group that you're a part of, maybe a hobby that you've taken up, 
you know? Something that, that, that was good at the beginning, but it's just kind of begun to, cons- began to consume you and dominate your life. Let, let me just remind you this. J- just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. I know that as I look across this room, and I'm just guessing for those of you that are tuned in this morning online, I know that there's some gifted and talented people that I'm speaking to right now. And this room is represented alone of so many incredible things that all of us can contribute to culture, right? We're good. We've got people that work with their hands and can build stuff and weld stuff and shape and mold stuff. We've got people that can cook stuff that, that I can't even pronounce and it tastes so yummy, right? We've we got some people in here that are great coaches or, or motivators. We've got people that are, that are geniuses and are creating things that science and technology, will, it's just going to help us in the future, right? They're so, listen, I get that. But just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And this idea of being busy just for busyness sake, even when, even when busyness is ministry oriented, check this out. I believe it's counterproductive at best. And I believe it's just plain si- uh, sinful at worst. I, you hear me say this all the time around here, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that is the victory he's winning in so many of our lives today. I said so many of our lives because you need to know that I battle the same pressures that you probably do. But, but, but there's something that, that I have learned to use. There, 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 there's something in my life that has kind of become a, 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 a friend to me, an ally of mine. You see, I, I, I've learned that, that when commitments come our way, my way and, and I'm asked to do this or that or, or, or can I be a part of this or even when I think, man, I would love to, to, to get involved with that or, or go this direction or whatever, I, I, I've learned to use something in direct proportion to the commitments and things that I want to do. And, it, and I believe it's the most powerful two-letter word in our English vocabulary. It's the word no. No. Here's what I believe we need to learn. We need to learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. Just because I can doesn't mean that I should. Are you with me today? And here's what I found. I want to read the Bible to you. You guys like the Bible. I love scripture. But, but, but I believe that that word was a word, that word no I believe that that was the word that Jesus knew how to say. What? Back up the truck. Yes. I believe Jesus knew how to say no. Can I prove it to you? Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 40, says this. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. Anybody got sick family members? I know physically is what it's talking about. You got any mentally sick people in your family? You ever wanted to trade somebody in the family? Like, I'll give you this one for that one. You ever wish Christmas wasn't like all day long, but like 37 minutes long? You know, just kind of. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus, physical ailments, diseases, maybe some mental issues. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed Everyone. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus is more than enough? How many of you know that with Jesus, all things are possible? Amen. 
Your marriage falling apart? Jesus. You got some physical ailment? Jesus. Hey, you got some financial issues? Jesus. You got some relationship issues or home issues? I'm telling you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. Time out real quick in the story. Your circumstances are probably different from that of Jesus's, but maybe you can relate to some of the things that he's dealing with here, this idea of feeling tugged on in all directions. You see, that's what's happening in Luke chapter four here. Jesus is healing people. That's what Jesus does. And they're tugging on from all the different directions. And you may feel that right now. There's so many demands, so many people screaming for my help with this or whatever. Blah, right? Right. But, 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 but let me show you what verse 43 says in this story. But Jesus replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too. Because that is why I was sent. You know what the Bible says Jesus did? He left these people that were tugging on him, and he went to do this. He went to preach. Now, listen, there were still plenty of people to heal, but Jesus said no. So rude and insensitive. You see, Jesus had settled the I musts of his life. He knew what he was called to do. These non-negotiables. And having settled those non-negotiable yeses, it gave Jesus the power to say no to anything that would compromise them. No matter how worthy it was. Is healing people a worthy thing? Absolutely. But Jesus knew what he was called to do. Hey, listen. There's a word for us there. You've got to determine what gets your best. You have to. You've got to determine what gets your best. If everything is worthy of getting your best, here's the deal. Nothing will get your best. The enemy of great is good. And if everything is to be done great, nothing will be done great. Right? You, you've got to determine what is a priority. What are those non-negotiables? What are your I musts. What are those? Listen, you can't be all things to all people in relation to fulfilling all the requests and all the demands that life throws at you. And when I look at Jesus's life, especially here in Luke chapter four, I see a man who was not ruled by his schedule. In fact, do you ever find a time in scripture where you find Jesus rushing around? No, no. Even in all the movies that we see Jesus, he's just kind of casually just. He's walking. It's like he's floating. You don't ever see him rushing and frantic and worried. Now, the disciples might have been as they were preparing, but Jesus is kind of like, hark, the Father. Yeah, you know, you don't find our Savior living a rushed, crazy schedule. He seldom seemed rushed. Hey, would it not be refreshing for us today to cut back on some of our activities and actually live like Jesus lived? If I listen, let's just walk around this week just kind of like this. Just see what kind of reaction you get. 
Okay, may not be the reaction we're looking for, but you get my point? Would it not be awesome if we could somehow nix, cut some of the things in our life where we're not living so frantically? Wouldn't it be helpful to become more of the salt and light that Jesus has called us to be in our neighborhoods and communities and spend less time in activities and meetings just talking about being salt and light? That's why we only keep you in here for 70 minutes because I want you to go live the other 166 and 50 minutes on mission. I want you to go and be salt and light. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you had so much time in your schedule? Wouldn't it be great to be committed to telling others about Jesus instead of feeling trapped by our busy schedules? We miss opportunities all the time, don't we? That God puts across our path because we're just so busy. So today, I want you to give some thought to your pace of life. And if necessary, I want to encourage you to begin nixing, weeding out activities from your life. They may be good, but I believe that they're actually preventing you from living a balanced life. Balanced life. Listen, we're to be in the world, but not of it, right? And we can't just live in the church bubble all the time either, right? We gotta balance that. How do I balance this and this? How can we? I believe it's possible. It's possible. One of the most popular verses in the Bible, the most popular one's probably John three sixteen, right? Um, there's probably another popular one, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans prosper. You would know that, right? For those of you that were ever called upon in a church setting, say, hey, just quote your favorite scripture. You probably use Jesus wept a lot. You know, don't know what it means, but too, you got that, right? Can't tell me where it's found, can you? But, you know, it's in there somewhere. I love Psalm 4610. I think it's so pertinent for where we're at today. It says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm good. Did you know that God wants you to know who he is? And it's not that he's trying to keep himself from you, but what's happening is our schedules are keeping so many of us from him. Ooh, that's good. Rewind the tape. God's not trying to keep himself from you, but so many of us, our schedules are keeping us from him. Be still and know that I'm God. You see, God may be asking you to take a time out like Jesus did so often, seeking his Father's will in heaven. And if Jesus needed time out in order to hear from God and in order to know what the I must and those non-negotiables were for his day, do you not think that you and I need to be pounding the carpet on our knees in prayer, seeking the Father? Huh? He wants you to settle those handful of non-negotiables in your lives. Those non-negotiables, those things that no one else can do. He, he wants you to know what your musts are. And then all the other choices that you make in life need to revolve around those non-negotiables. Case in point, let me just give you a practical illustration. Um, how many of you in this room are, are husbands? Any husbands in the room? Awesome. Anybody want to become a husband? Let me see your hands too. Got a few? Okay, awesome. We'll help you out. Um, listen, hey, husbands, do you know that one of the non-negotiables in your life is to love your wife in a way that honors and glorifies the Father? 
You're to love your spouse as Christ loves the church. Are you with me? How many of you have kids? Anybody want to trade them off? Anybody want to get rid of some? We can help with that too. No, no. Hey, do you know as parents, do you know what a non-negotiable in your life is? Is to raise your kids in a way that they come to know who Jesus is. To, to raise them in a God honor and train up a child in the way he should go. Right? That's your role. It's a non-negotiable. You know what I see happening so oftentimes in our cultures? I see husbands not loving their wives as Christ loves the church. It's because it's not a big deal to you. And I see parents that are forfeiting their parenting responsibility to teachers, coaches, boys and girls clubs of America, church staffs. It's the youth pastor's role to raise my kid and give them all the spiritual instruction. You know what? I, I see that. Am I making that up? Do y'all see that ever? And, and, and what should be a non-negotiable in our life has kind of become, uh, I need to go play golf today. You know what golf does? It takes four to five hours of your life away from some other non-negotiables that should be important in your life. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I went there. <laughs> if you got a problem with it, see me this week. I'd be glad to talk to you because you know it's right. Um, I don't know. We've got to determine what those I must are in our lives. You've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's good. And I like to milk something when it's really good. Let your priorities dictate your schedule. Not your schedule dictate your priorities. It's a good word, isn't it? We can drop the mic and go home right now, can't we? Let your priorities. Hey, have you scheduled family time in your schedule this week? No. Most of you are like, yeah, we'll find it somewhere. Husbands, have you scheduled time to date your wife and actually talk to her? What? Yeah, you might need to do that. Have you scheduled time for those things that are priority to you? Or are you just going to, hey, if, it ha if I get around, if there's any leftovers, we, we treat our priorities and our schedule sometimes like we do our giving, our finances. If I got any leftover, I'll drop it in the red box at the church just to keep that dude happy up there. It's not for me. Not for me. God's going to supply my needs. You ain't. God's got it. Right? But if I got time left over, then I'll, I'll play catch with my son. I hate it. Driving through neighborhoods and just seeing kids out there by themselves. Where's dad? Where's dad? I just, it's ridiculous. Sorry. I'm sorry. Can I give you some practical steps real quick? Listen, I, I, I want you to leave here saying this, this made sense to me and you were a jerk, but that's okay. I, I got some practical steps, some things that maybe I could consider. I, I'm going to share with you real quickly some things, some practical steps that can give you more control of your life. Well, one of those is, is to sort out your overcommitments and begin to limit yourself to the things that only you can do. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to bail, just go and bail on the commitments you've already made. You need to be honoring to those. Amen? You need to honor those commitments and follow through. But, but with new things that you are entertaining and starting to think about taking on, hey, why don't you just really begin to, to pray over those things and really consider the significance? Of, and, and let me tell you this. Service in this house is not one of those things you need to cut out. Oh, I hear what you're saying, but okay, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm cutting out the church stuff so that I can um, go participate in, I don't know, macrame classes or something. Anybody know, what is macrame? It's that old beaded, woven, potted, hanging thing anyway. Or, hey, I'm, I hear what you say. I'm going to cut out so I have more time in the woods. That's probably a better one. I'm not going to serve in the church. Forget Sundays, bro, because nature's calling. Okay. All right. Pray that you, everything you, every trigger you pull, every bow, you, it misses. <laughs> and listen, you can hunt that mess Monday through Saturday. You see what I'm saying? A lot of you are going to say, oh, man, he told me I need to nick some stuff, honey. We are not going to serve in kids' ministry anymore. I'm going to warn you against that. I'm not going to greet people. Anybody greeted this morning? Aren't you thankful that there was somebody said, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to go wave my hand and look happy to people as they come on campus. I've already got my chops busted this morning. Pastor, you came in a little hot into the parking lot this morning. You slow that truck down. Okay, I got you. Yes, sir. You know, I had tacos to deliver. I had to get here in a hurry, right? Um, don't, don't, do not, listen, you, you know why I'm saying that service, and by, some of you aren't serving in this house because you're too busy outside the house. And, and, and listen, you're too busy with stuff that's really not going to make a difference, whereas the things that this house represents are of eternal significance. <laughs> hey, any of you youth workers that went to Ascend Camp with us two weeks ago, was that a waste of your week? It's worth it, wasn't it? You know why? Hmm? Allergy season. <laughs> because we just baptized some kids out back that said yes to Jesus while on the mountain at camp. Hey, let, let, let me ask you a question. Hey, those of you that went on our medical missions team to Guatemala and just got back last weekend, any of you in the house, was that a waste of your time? Thank you. We had more than one go, I promise. There was a whole group of them. They're just, they're serving right now. That's right, they're serving it. Because they're, wasn't a waste of time. You know why? Because they were able to give medical care and attention to men and women, boys and girls who wouldn't have it. I don't know how many rotten teeth we pulled. I don't know how many medical checkups and how many songs about Jesus we sang with kids. It's worth it. So don't you consider sacrificing and nixing things that are of eternal significance. Ezra's playing, let's roll. Another step is to control intrusions. Hey, anybody ever get emails during the day or phone calls? Anybody? Listen, we're all gonna get those things and I'm not telling you to get rid of email or get rid of your phone. By the way, we have a new series coming up in August called Let's Talk and it's gonna be getting back to the art of conversation. Come on, I'm talking this face to face. You're clapping, somebody's gonna come. Um, listen, what would happen if you set aside time where you're going to respond to those phone calls or emails instead of just leaving it open-ended? Here's my problem. I leave my computer on and up all day, and when something, ding, I'm looking. Whoa, looking at my watch. Whoa, who's calling me? Whoa, whoa. Listen, there's a reason you have voicemail and an inbox, and you don't have to interrupt important meetings, staff, as I'm giving a word from the Lord looking at your phone. You're not go-go gadget. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But what if you just had a set time? You're controlling your intrusions. Don't let the intrusions control you. Are you with me today? Right? Protecting that time with God, with your family. 
Have you scheduled time with your creator for the week? Do you have that time? No, that's what I'm wanting you to do for me on Sunday. Well, I'm going to be here next week and I'm going to preach my guts out. You guarantee that. But what about the rest of the week? You got time scheduled for the father? He's got, he's so much better than what I am. About your family. Hey, moms, dads. Do, um, do your kids think they're a priority? Do they? My daughter said something to me years ago, and I'll never forget it. She said, Dad, thanks for not making ministry more important than our family. I'm not perfect. I screw up. But somehow I've still managed to balance ministry and that family time. Remember that? And I've... Hey, as you consider making some other commitments, just pray over those before you say yes to them. Do you pray about that? Do you, do you pray about being a part of the PTO? Do you pray about coaching a little league team? Do you pray about buying that hunting lease? Do you consider the time that all those things are going to have and the schedule that you have, the limited time schedule? Hey, before you take that new job, have you considered how that affects your family? Or are you just looking at the cha-ching and forget them? You need to maybe seek wise counsel from some friends that will help you. I tell you what, I've had some people speak into my life over the course of years that have helped me make better decisions. Maybe you just need to do the same. Listen, opening up room in your life won't just happen. It takes some candid evaluation. It takes some corrective action. And then it's going to require for some of you some courageous discipline in order to nix some things. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're done. Thank you, guys. Hey, listen, by the way, we're about to baptize again. And if you're one of our... Uh, individuals that are going to be baptized. Why don't you guys go ahead and slip out right now as we're clapping and celebrating with you over this decision you're making. I'm going to meet you guys out here on the patio in about seven minutes. I'll be there. So we're about to celebrate. Everybody else is going to join us after we pick up our kids and grab a refreshing beverage. We're going to meet on the back lawn and we're going to celebrate scriptural baptism. Prayer ministry team, come and make yourselves available. I want to pray us out. And if we can come alongside you and pray with you over anything, if we can tell you the difference that Jesus can make in your life, oh, man, you come down to the front. You run. You run right now. Come on. As I pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the reminder that, uh, Lord, this thing called life and busyness that it oftentimes brings, this thing called balancing schedules and non-negotiables and priorities, Lord, all those things that we would be here and dealing with all of that. And you've laid for us an example to follow. Lord, I, I, I pray that, that we would learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. Father, we would, we would not allow life to, to beat us up.
decided that we have to step out back and celebrate those that have said yes to Jesus. That's why this church exists. thank you thank you that heaven's growing I thank you that you're still working and using us to make a kingdom difference all for your glory it's in the name of Jesus we pray everybody said amen thank you guys I'll see y'all back